Welcome to the Refuge Podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd like to also invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. We continue this morning our third verse sermon series where we're looking at some rather obscure passages in scripture, but nonetheless important ones, even if they don't get preached on very often. This morning's scripture passage is very interesting. It comes from the book of Acts in the 20th chapter, and it is a story about the dangers of falling asleep in church. So, don't get any ideas here. And then Paul raises a young man from the dead. And so to give a little background on this particular story in the book of Acts, Paul has just finished going through and helping to create churches in uh, Greece. And he's in the midst of saying farewell to the Christians in Asia Minor. And so in particular, he has spent six and a half days in a place called Troas. And while he was there, he was able to to really get in deeply with this community. And he ends his time there in a house church and they are going way into the night saying their goodbyes. And Paul is preaching and it says in scripture, and I love this, it says, and Paul goes on and on and it's past midnight. And so this is the story. It comes from Acts 20. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to open them and it begins with verse seven. So Acts 20 beginning with verse seven. On the first day of the week when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them since he intended to leave the next day. There were many lamps, well it says he continued speaking until midnight. There were many lamps in the room upstairs where they were meeting and a young man named Eutychus who was sitting in the window began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul, I know, I told you, but Paul went down and bending over him, took him in his arms and said, do not be alarmed for his life is in him. Then Paul went upstairs and after he had broken bread and eaten, he continued to converse with them until dawn and then he left. And meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. So they were greatly relieved. Wait, what? Oh, we have an actual video of it. All right, all right. Well, let's see if we get a bit of a different version of the story. Today, I'm going to preach about family lines because they're the most important part. First, there was Abraham, son of Abraham, who was again the son of Noah, who was Noah's fourth cousin removed from the age of Man, this guy's really on a roll. How long has he been talking? I think I'm going to miss Rome's Got Talent. I wonder if that talking donkey will be on this week. He was awesome. Maybe I should grab some food on the way home. Tacos. Yeah, tacos. Mmm, now I'm hungry thinking about tacos. Man, it's late. (sighs) I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. 
gotta stay awake. Huh. still open. Still hungry for tacos. Eventually came Jesus. Yeah, that. but first we're going to cover the in-between bit. James was there at one point. There was a guy named Rob again. Uh, there was Kerfuffle. He was the great Israelite leader of the Israelites. Other than that, a couple people conquered Israel occasionally. And then, amidst that, was a Peter. He was the first Peter of amongst the Peters. Now I know... All right, well. There you have it. That's what happened. So I hear. You know, staying awake during long sermons is not a new phenomenon. My favorite stories, you know, you hear stories sometimes about the Puritan church. One of the reasons why they left England having to do with religious persecution is they wanted a simpler worship style and to be free to do that. And one of the parts of that were very lengthy sermons. And so the sermons would often start kind of in the early morning, and they would stretch out until way after lunch. See, I don't ever preach that long, but they had this object called a beetle rod in church because sometimes during those lengthy sermons, people would start to nod off. And a beetle rod is a long stick and it has a little ball on the end and a deacon would have it. And if people were talking or shifting too much or falling asleep, then the deacon would poke them with the beetle rod to kind of rouse them up. It's a true story. It's really happened. And so one of the stories I heard was about a gentleman and he kept falling asleep. And so the first time he did it, the deacon gently poked him in the shoulder and he woke up. And, but it happened again and again and again. And finally, he fell into such a deep sleep that he started snoring. And everybody heard him. The preacher heard him. You know what the preacher did? kept preaching because that's how we roll, right? People get up and we just got to keep going. And so he kept going and the deacon was determined that this was not going to continue. And so he took the beetle rod and he whacked him in the head and it, it woke the guy up and he goes, deacon, hit me harder. I can still hear the preacher talking. You know, we all struggle to stay awake at times in different places. There are just some places where we really don't want to fall asleep, and it would be a little bit embarrassing, not just in church. School plays, lectures, how many of y'all have fallen asleep in a class or two? I mean, that, yes, that is a very hard thing. Sometimes staying awake while driving is hard. Sometimes during family visits when somebody's kind of going on and on. But while it would be tempting to just see this story as a humorous account of what happens when Paul talks for a long time, I don't think that is why Luke included this in the book of Acts. And so if that's not why, why might he have done that? Well, I think it is a warning to us within the church not to grow complacent, 
to stay awake, to be alert to the movement of God among us and the voice of God, which is calling us in to action. You know, it's easy in our Christian life to become complacent, to become content, kind of settled in to the status quo. And when we do that, we can stop growing in Christ. We stop pushing ourselves. We stop pushing one another. But one of the things that Jesus continuously calls us to, because Jesus says repeatedly, stay awake, stay alert, don't, don't fall asleep in essence. And what he's saying is, you gotta stay close to me and near to the movement of the Holy Spirit. You gotta stay all in. Don't get to a place where you become disconnected or where you become so comfortable that you stop seeing me moving. This is where Eutychus had a bit of a problem. You see, Eutychus sat in a window on the third floor about as far away from where Paul was preaching and where this movement of the Spirit was really going on. And he did this, and he was a little bit disconnected from what was happening. You know, always there are gonna be times when people choose to be spectators to the faith, you know? And sometimes we do this. We're here, we're, we're showing up, but we're really kind of still removed from what's going on, on the fringe. And maybe that's the place where we're really comfortable, staying where it seems pretty safe to us, where we don't have to get involved, where nobody's really looking to us for anything, or where we aren't really known, kind of hiding in plain sight, if you will. Maybe because we like to have a little more control over things that happen. But I'm here to tell you that staying on the edge, the edge of where God is moving, is not where God wants you to be. God wants you to be in the middle of all of it. One of my favorite scriptures as a child was from the book of Samuel. And Samuel had been called out of a deep sleep three times by God when he was just 12 years old. And you may remember that story. And he kept going to Eli, the prophet whom was his guardian. And he would say to him, Eli, what do you want? And Eli would say, well, it's not me. And then he'd go back to sleep and this happened. And finally, Eli realized it was probably God. And so he said to young Samuel, I think it's God. And so the next time I want you to answer, here I am, Lord, and I want you to listen to what God tells you to do. And then whatever God tells you to do, I want you to do it. And when I was a kid, I loved this. I loved thinking that God would come and would even speak to Samuel, who was just a child. And so I spent a lot of time as a child, kind of awake at night, listening for maybe God to call me. I shared once years and years ago with this congregation that, that once I did think I heard it because I heard Leslie, Leslie, like in the middle of the night, and it turned out when I said, yes, Lord, my dad said, I'm not the Lord. It's me, dad. Can you get me some toilet paper? I'm over there in the bathroom down the hall. Had a few setbacks in trying to listen to the Lord and, uh, and engage and go all in. But I do believe that throughout my life, throughout all of our lives, God has been speaking. I know that, that God called me to go to seminary. I know that God called me to plant a new church. I know that God called me to be here at Trinity. And I know again and again and every day God is calling and still telling me to stay all in, to stay at the center of it and not to back away. Because if I'm honest, there have been moments in my life when I was really tempted and still am to take a big step back from it all. 
Because truthfully, being in the middle of it can be very uncomfortable. It's very messy. There are times when it's very challenging and painful. And you know, that third story window sure has a nice breeze, right? And just to sit up there when no no one is watching you, no one has any expectations of you. There are just days when that kind of disengagement, but still being here technically, feels very tempting. And I'm sure that is tempting for all of us. But the problem is, of course, the further you go out on that edge, the more likely you are to fall away. And so don't believe the devil when he tries to encourage you to stay away from what God is doing just because you're not in the mood or just because it would be more comfortable or because maybe you're just not there yet, you're not feeling it, or maybe because you're hurting or you're just tired. You're just so very tired. You know, when we are experiencing those things, that is the time in particular when We have to position ourselves closest to the one who's going to lift us up out of our weariness, who will catch us when we fall, who will mend back together our broken bones and breathe life into our lungs. That's what Paul does when he lays hands on young Eutychus. Instead of giving him a lecture, he brings him back into the fold. I can guarantee you Eutychus didn't sit in that third story window again. Um, He was probably right by his mama who didn't let him out of her sight again. But, But I'm sure that had a profound impact on his life. And he went on to be fully engaged and fully awake to whatever God was doing. Because I know with all my heart that God spoke to Eutychus Because God speaks to all of us. And God speaks sometimes in the most unexpected places and at times when we really don't expect it. And he wants to speak directly to you and to your life, even if you don't yet know the voice of the Lord. You know, David was the youngest of many brothers and he was tending sheep when God spoke to him. Abraham was just minding his own business in a place called Ur when God talked to him. Jeremiah was this really shy and unwilling youth. Samuel was asleep. God often calls us in the middle of our ordinary lives to come and join him with what he is doing in the moment. Andrew and Peter, they were fishing out on the Sea of Galilee when Jesus called them from fishing to follow him. See, God is always speaking But are we listening? Are we engaged enough to hear what it is that God wants to say? Or have we so disengaged ourselves? Have we become so numb to it? Maybe we've come to believe that even if God has something to say, he's not gonna say it to me anyway. Or if God wants something done, he's not gonna ask me to do it. You know, it can be easy after years of faithfulness to grow tired and to grow weary of doing good. Paul spoke to this in scripture We can begin to believe that this is just the way things are and that God has nothing new for us, nothing nothing out of the ordinary. We've seen it all. We've done it all. So here, let me be an Eli for you in this moment. You gotta wake up. Wake up. I don't have a beetle rod to hit you up on the head with, but God has something to say to you. God has something to say 
to this church. God is not through with us. God is continuing to speak in and through our lives. Even if we haven't always gotten it right, God is gonna continue to speak and he will use us if we will just hang in and stay with him, stay near to him. And maybe what God is calling us to do isn't all warm and fuzzy. In fact, it often isn't. He told Samuel to go and give a message to Eli that was a very painful message for Eli to hear, and yet he was obedient to it. Maybe God is saying to you something you don't want to hear, calling you to do something you don't really want to do, maybe with people that you really don't want to be around. Maybe it means that in order to really go all in and get off of the fringe, you have to address some things in your life that maybe you've been avoiding, some things that are getting in the way of really being all in with God. And I was thinking about this and I had a kind of interesting experience recently as it related to running. I've decided that I talk about running like Brian Mercer used to talk about Mangum. And um, so I had to put my hand over my heart. That's what he used to do. He probably still does, I love that. And so for me, the last couple of years, as y'all know, I have been running and um, I have started running about one 5K a month, sometimes more. But I noticed something over the last few months. I noticed that when I run, I, about a mile and a half in, I genuinely can't breathe. Now some of you are going, of course you can't. You are a mile and a half in to a run. But usually what happens, as I now know, is that sometimes when you first start running, that's what's hard and then there's a point at which you kind of open up a little bit and you're able to breathe a bit better, especially if you've been running for a long time like I have at this point. But for me, it was the opposite. My breathing it became almost like... Um, I got this pain right here and it, was, it felt swollen and it felt like I was trying to breathe through a straw and it would mean that I would have to walk. And so in all the time that I have run, I have never run a race in which I didn't have to stop and breathe. But for me, that was what was normal. And so I thought that's just how it went and how it would always be for me. And so as I thought about, well, I'd really like to run more than a 5K, but I actually can't breathe at the end of a 5K, so maybe I have to fix that before I can do anything more. And then for me, what happened was for days after a run, I would still be coughing and still have a hard time breathing and to the, got to the point where it began to affect my preaching. And so I would run a race on Saturday and then on Sunday, I would still have a hard time talking because it all felt still so swollen. And so two weeks ago, I had a few coughing fits in front of y'all, which were lovely and embarrassing. And two weeks ago, it was so bad that on Sunday morning, at 8.30, I couldn't help in the 8.30 worship service because I actually couldn't talk because it was all so swollen. And that was kind of that point when God was like, hello, you might go see someone. I'm fine, I'm fine, this is normal. This is not normal, right? And so when it really began to impact my ability to preach and to speak, I thought, okay, Lord, I can't be all in for you if I'm ignoring this as much as I really don't want to go and admit something is going on and um, so I was a little worried about it, but I went, and it turns out I have what it's called, and you probably could diagnose it yourself, exercise-induced asthma, which is really simple for me to treat, and it just means that I use an inhaler right before I run, and so this Saturday, I did that for the first time, and guess what? I could breathe. It was amazing. 
three miles in. And I actually ran for the first time in all these years I've been running. I ran the whole race and didn't stop, which was pretty incredible. And then I got home and I could still breathe. And I got up this morning and I could still talk. You see, I had to address this thing that was going on with me in order to be able to move forward. And sometimes that's the way it is with us. We ignore things. We kind of get stuck with the status quo. We, we think, well, it's fine. This is normal. It's how it's supposed to be. And all the time, God is speaking and saying, hey, we need to work through this. You need to really look at this. We need to do a little self-heart check here. We need to get this out of the way so that you can do the work that I am calling you to do. And so maybe... Maybe you've sat in that window for a long time because you didn't know how to address it. And it is Christ, as we draw near to him, that gives us the strength to figure it out. The life that God calls us into is a difficult one. If you've been on the journey for a while, you know this. It is filled with highs and lows. It's filled with fear and uncertainty. It's filled with joy and beauty So often, we're just doing the best we can in the moment, and God doesn't always give us a well-laid-out roadmap to tell us how we're going to get to where he's taking us to. But he does go with us. And if we stay engaged, if we fight the good fight, we are able to do with him things that we could never do on our own. If we engage in our community of faith, and champion one another and, and really stay in the middle of it. Work through those difficult things. God is able to use us in beautiful and powerful ways. Really listening to God can leave us a little bit disturbed at time, but it can also leave us breathless and in awe. You know, this week... I was praying a lot. I'd I'd do that. That's one of my things. I I was praying and I was kind of feeling a little discouraged. It'd been a bit of a hard week. And so I said to the Lord, I said, God, I really need you. I need you just to show me what you're up to. Because I I don't always know. I just, I need to see you at work. I need to see how you're working in this place. And, And an hour went by and I get a phone call and it's actually from uh, Sharice Wilson, and I'm actually gonna invite them to come up. And she said to me, she said, hey, you know, we've been talking about CJ getting baptized. I think this week needs to be the week. Like God was really, has been pulling on his heart to come and to give his heart to Jesus and to be baptized. And I'm like, okay, God, I got you, you know? And, and things like that throughout the week began happening. And so just in this beautiful reminder that when we do stay engaged, even if initially maybe we can't see what God is doing, God is at work. God is continuing to speak. And so today we have the great joy of being a part of CJ's baptism. And so I'm going to invite CJ to come up. Where'd he go? There they are. They're over there. And his mentor is going to come and be a part of that, too. Come stand with me, buddy. You know, this life that God calls us to is a difficult one. You know that 
Yes. But you know that no matter what happens, God will always go with you. And though it may be hard, do you still wish to follow him? I do. Do you proclaim Jesus Christ to be your savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust that his grace is sufficient? I do. And that he will continue to speak to you throughout your life and use you in beautiful and powerful ways to fight against the forces of wickedness here in this world? I do. Will you continue to pray and be a faithful witness here in this church and wherever God calls you throughout your life? I will. And do you wish to be baptized? I do. All right, my friend, you gotta take your shoes off, though. And your socks, probably, too. While he's doing that, I'm gonna remove this. Hey, I need a friend. Will you come be my friend? Will you unplug this for me and go kind of toss it in the back. Yeah, just unplug it from there. Thank you. I'm going to invite you to stand in the water and to just have a seat. Here, scoot back just a little bit right there. There you go. I'm going to invite his family to come around. I'm going to invite you from where you are to pray alongside him. And just lay a hand on him. Gracious and loving God, pour your spirit upon my brother CJ. Bless him, comfort him, encourage him, be with him all the days of his life. Help him to stay all in, never on the edge, but always right next to what you are doing. Thank you for the witness that he is. Thank you for the love that he has for you. May he continue to grow into a mighty man of God all the days of his life. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. All right, have a seat. Can you sit? Tell me your full name. Chester Goodwin Wilson III. Chester Goodwin Wilson III. That is a big name. I love it. All right, come see. Chester Wilson Goodwin III. Did I say it right? Chester Goodwin Wilson III. Yes, your last name first. I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May you rise a new creation in Jesus Christ. Amen. There you go. And will y'all continue to watch over him and nurture him as he continues to grow? Will you listen to him and will you welcome him into the family of God? If so, say we will. All right, you can go get changed. Our God is an incredible God. And so in response to that, wherever you are today, whatever your weeks and your months and your years have been, wherever you have sat in that space, whether right now you're sitting on the windowsill and you're feeling tired, whether you're in that place of just joy and energy and excitement for the Lord, whether you're just trying to discern what it is that God wants you to do right now. Wherever you are, I know that God is there with you in that place. And so we're just gonna stand together in all the spaces where we are and we're gonna sing a song of praise to our God as he invites us to draw near to him. 
Thanks for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more about The Refuge and Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityruston.org.